Let's go word of prayer. Thank you, Father in heaven. Your merciful kindness, Lord, we thank you for leading us, Lord, into your presence. Heavenly Father, we thank you for showing us, Lord, that true worship means true surrender. And we need this surrender, Lord. We need to know what true surrender means so that we can truly worship you. Lord, we're undone in your presence. Purge us, I pray, Lord. Thoroughly purge us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to give ourselves to the purging. Abba, Father, we thank you, Lord, for gathering us together in your presence to hear your voice, to hear your word. Lord, open our spiritual ears. We may hear, Lord, things that you have to speak to us. We thank you, Lord, for your mercies. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for giving us promises in your word. Promises, Lord, that we can hold on to. Lord, promises that will carry us through every situation, every trial, because your promises are your word, and your word cannot fail. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lord, open our hearts, Lord, to receive what you want us to receive today. Be pleased, Lord, to rain down your goodness from heaven in this hour. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Praise the Lord. Today, I'd like to speak to you on the uh, promises of God and how to appropriate them. The promises of God and how to appropriate them. We're in a season of trial, as we know, a season of a lot of distress. And it's the Word of God that will keep us and help us to carry our faith until we realize everything God has promised us. We all know many promises in the Word of God. It's said that there's some 7,500 promises that God has made to His people in the Word of God. 7,500 and here's just three. Here are just three of them. We all know this. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Deuteronomy 31, 8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Psalm 84.11 For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does He withhold from those who walk uprightly. These are just three promises out of hundreds, thousands in the Bible. Think about this for a moment. God has given promises to us. What has He actually promised you? And what have you gotten from the Lord? There are general promises for all believers, but then there are specific ones for individual believers. It's important for us to know what He's promised and what He's specifically given us as individuals. And then hold on to that, no matter what we go through. Somebody, excuse me, somebody might say it's easier said than done. And that is 
true when we go through severe trials. The promises of God and how to appropriate these wonderful treasures that God has given us. I want you to think about this for a moment. When God first comes to us, He makes the pronouncement of a promise. He announces something to bless us. He comes to us and says, this is what I will do for you, or this is what I am making of you, or you'll become something from heaven. He's giving to me and to you personally. There's a pronouncement of the promise. And then there's a fulfillment or the perfection of the promise. There's the first pronouncement of it. And then there's a perfection or fulfillment of it. God doesn't mean for us just to go through life having a promise or promises and never knowing how to make it our own. Between that pronouncement and perfection, there's a passage. It's the passage of proof. A passage of proof from the pronouncement of the promise, when God first comes to us and gives us a promise, and then the perfection, the fulfillment of it. What is this passage of proof? It is when God proves our faith. It's a passage or a pathway when God looks at our hearts and sees whether we actually have faith to see it come to pass. It's not just a promise God gives and then I know it will come to pass and then forget about it. There's an active inheritance of us saying, God, you said this in your word, or you prophesied this to me through a prophet, or you have given me a dream or a vision regarding this. Promises of God come in different ways. We take that promise, we have to go through that pathway or passage by doing what? Proving our faith to God. And then the perfection, the realization of the fulfillment comes. All through scriptures we see this. In the Psalms it says this, Psalm 105 verse 19. Until the time that His word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him or tried him. This is speaking of Joseph. He was given a promise through, not a prophecy from someone else. He didn't read it in the Torah. There was no Torah at that time. Or the Pentateuch. No written word of God. He got it through a dream. He got dreams which contained promises from God. Not his own thinking, but a promise directly from God what he's going to do for him in the days to come. So it was pronounced to him and then he had to go through this pathway or passage where he had to prove his faith. How do we miss this in our Christian experience? We can go through churches, services, even reading the word of God, never really understanding. God means to test me with his word to see whether I'm worthy of that promise that he wants to fulfill in my life. It never changes. 
whether it's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, or Joseph, or Paul, or Peter, Hezekiah, or even the Lord Jesus. He had to prove his obedience to the Father as a man, as the Son of God. He had to believe, as it says in Peter, that when they were crucifying him, he could entrust himself during the suffering to the Father who will take care of him and bring him out victoriously. It's a faith. But there are certain things that the devil will come during that pathway or passage of proof of our faith to try to do what? Knock us down. What are these things? Four things. He'll come through pain. He'll come through pain. He'll come through pleasure. He'll come through uh, pride. He'll come through procrastination. Always, he will try his best. The moment he hears that God has announced something over your life, over my life, he'll bring in some sort of pain or affliction. What is the hope of the devil? To make us throw in the towel, as they say. To say, God, it's taking too long. When, it is, when is it ever going to happen? Lord, the pain is too much. I can't take it anymore. Lord, I just feel completely spent. The devil hopes that if he brings in pain after the promise is given, we would voluntarily surrender ourselves to defeat. God says guard against that. Know that we have a forerunner, the Lord Jesus Christ, who went through the worst pain, but held on to the mission and the promise of the Father. In your life, think about this for a moment. What has God actually spoken to you? Whether it is a general principle or promise for the whole Christian community or specifically for your life. Was it through prophecy? Did someone actually prophesy over your life? I know many of you in this church have had that happen. It's a promise and a list of promises that God has given specifically for you. To do what? Lay hold of it. And then even when pain comes to say, I'm not letting go of my birthright. I'm not going to faint by the grace of God. I'm going to see this come to pass in my life. Devil tried through pleasure. Get us to do what? Get distracted from the very purpose of the promise of God in my life and your life. He'll give an easy way out. He'll give amusement. Satisfying of the flesh, all kinds of desires or lusts. For the Bible says other things. They're meant to come and do what? Choke that promise out of you. Choke the word of God. It come through pain in the hopes that we will forfeit our birthright. The devil cannot stop God from making a promise.
concerning your job, your education, your calling of God in the body of Christ. God has promised so many different things. Maybe your future spouse. A lot of individualized promises God gives. We have to be alert and say, Lord, if this is what you said, and this is what you want to do for me, then these are the four snares of Satan to try to make me give it all up. In Hebrews it says, the people of God, the people in the hall of faith, through faith and patience, perseverance, ended up doing what? Inheriting everything God had. They inherited because they were actively exercising faith day in and day out. If these are the four things that God says, be careful about pain, pleasure, pride, procrastination, then what are we to do? We, are to, we ought to have perseverance in praise. Persevere. Have that mindset that Jesus went down this road millions of times more severe than what I'm going through. He entrusted himself into the Father's care that the Father will do what he said he'll do. He said, I will exalt you with a name above every other name and make your enemies your footstool. While he's on the cross, he is the victim, it appears. No one's under his feet. It seems like he's being trampled under the devil's feet. But he had his eyes on the promise of the Father. He led captivity captive and gave gifts. He had faith. The faith of the Son of God. That when we go through pain, loss, distress, we recall God said this and every day this is my priority. I prioritize the promise of God. I persevere and then I praise Him during that passage of proof, proving my faith. I have to prioritize every day. God said this over my life. That's all I know. Even when it looks like opposite things are happening. God said, I will overcome by His blood. I know I can overcome this sin. This laziness. This dullness of spirit. With God's help, I will overcome. And here are the promises that He gave regarding this. Prioritize every day with His promise. Not by our feeling or by what we see. Second is, persevere. It's good to have a faith that starts, but it has to be a persevering faith that God, you helped me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Now, I'm going to make it through Thursday, Friday, Saturday into Sunday. Holding on to what you said, even if it takes a long time. This waiting for the fulfillment requires prioritizing God's promise in my life every day. Have it in front of you. Maybe put a sticky note, something on the mirror, 
on your phone, what God has told me. I live by his word. This is what Joseph did. He hung on to every word from that dream from heaven when he was a slave. And he persevered. And he got to where God said he would get him to, to be a blessing to the whole known world at that time. Persevering. And then, praising God during the trial. It's a very hard thing to do. Depending on the severity of the trial. How can I praise God in a strange land? Psalm 137. And sing His songs. I have to stir up myself and say, Lord, I'm headed toward heaven. I have a spiritual Canaan that I will not forfeit no matter what. I am going to persevere after prioritizing a promise. And then I'm going to praise you, Lord, during the pain, the temptation for unlawful pleasure. I'm going to pray, praise you, that I'm going to overcome her. I'm going to praise you when the temptation to become proud or manipulate comes my way from the devil. I'm refusing that. I'm going to praise God. God will do it in His perfect time. I hold on to that. There are things in our lives that we may think that, you know, family's not settled. This is not solved. That hasn't happened. This healing hasn't happened. We have to really bring everything into perspective and say, but God has said He would do it. Joseph was in the prison holding on all those years. The dream. God said He would do this for me one day. How do you see this in his life? He did not give in to the pain and throw in the towel. They hurt his feet with the shackles. His soul was laid in iron. His whole being felt captured, torn down, despised, forgotten. In that obscurity, he remembered and never let go of the promise of God. He didn't give in to pain. He didn't give in to the lust for pleasure in part of ourselves. He refused it. He knew, I'm headed for greatness for glory. I belong to God. I'm not giving in to this. He fled. He held fast and resisted pride to manipulate his own way into the palace. Never did it. When the people forgot about him, who promised him that they'll put in a good word for him to the king, he didn't start talking to other people. He held fast what God said, and he continued to trust. He didn't give in to the fourth snare, which was procrastinate and say, you know what? The word of the Lord is taking a long time. I'm going to slack off in my duties in prison or in Potiphar's house, anywhere. I'm just going to ease up a little bit. He was on point every moment, on task, doing the will of God. That is what you call faith, active faith. On task 24-7, holding on to the promise of God. No slacking off. 
He passed all those tests. Through over a decade, every test, pain, pleasure, pride, procrastination, didn't give into it. And he ended up inheriting. What did he do? Every day prioritized the promise of God. Always kept it in his heart. In front of him, every day, God said, my brothers are going to come to me, humble themselves. God is going to lift me up. I don't know why, but he said it. He's going to do it. I love God. I trust God. I want his will, his promise in my life. When you're going through pain, when you're going through a severe trial, God says, be encouraged with what I told you. Hold on to that. It's hard, Lord, to breathe. It's hard, Lord, to walk. How can I ever do anything for you? God said, I told you, I will do this for you and you will glorify me. It's amazing. Esther had a, she'll share, I'm sure later, but God spoke to her and she brought up a promise from the New Testament to the Father when she couldn't do this physical thing. And she said, Lord, you said in your word, this is going to happen. And then she did it. It's a, a glorious thing. When she shares, you'll know. But this is what God is talking about. That even when it seems impossible, we go right to the word, right to what God said. And we hold on to it and say, Lord, you said this, therefore I am virtually oblivious to everything that is contrary to what you said. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on until it comes to pass. You stand by your word to see it come to pass, fulfilled in my life. I'm going to do the same thing. Too many times we put all the onus on the Lord and say, Lord, you said you'll do it. When are you going to do it? Lord, I'm waiting. God says, how are you waiting? Are you prioritizing His promise? Is it really the first thing in the morning that the Lord Jesus told me, this is my call or this is how He wants me to serve Him. That's my agenda every day. This is what He said He'll do for me when I do it His way. Priority. Am I actually persevering through the tax? And am I able to go and exercise the faith that's being stretched to praise Him while I'm under torment and trial? When all hell is against me saying, it'll never happen. Am I able to say, Lord, but you said, my seed shall be mighty upon earth if I'm righteous. I hold on to your word, you promise. That's all I know. Regardless of what I see, faith is not just to be used during that passage of proof, proving my faith, but it's actually stretched. It stretches a little more every time. That's God's design. If I'm not stretched, I'm not going to grow. God is into perfecting my character to be just like Jesus one day. Just like Jesus. I have to have my faith stretched. I have to submit to that. And say, Lord, even when 
it is looking like it's taking a long time. Other options are out there. I will not let go of what you said. I'm going to follow your moral directives, obey your commandments. During the waiting, it's important to do what he said. Not just say, God's promised me this and then I can live as I please. Because he already said it. I can lose it. I can lose everything God has given by just not submitting to his moral directives. To keep in the right track. Do what he said. If I keep that, I will inherit. God will stretch us every successive trial with every successive promise. That's how he works. If I say, Lord, I can see the big picture. So you're wanting me to become more like your son. That means every time I get a promise from God and he fulfills it, it makes me a little more intimate with the Heavenly Father. It brings me closer to knowing his nature and then trusting him even more. Amen. He fulfills something. We are full of joy and thanksgiving. And our faith gets stretched during that trial perhaps. And then we have more faith for the next big thing He's going to do for us. There's a world of spiritual dynamics that God wants to uh, make operative in our lives as we're on the path, this pilgrimage toward that heavenly city. In Hebrews it's written this, they looked for a city from God. They looked for a city, another place. You know what the next verse says? They offer up praise, spiritual sacrifices. So during the waiting, not only prioritize, persevere, but praise Him, thank Him in advance for the promise that's going to materialize. Very crucial. That's when faith is actually proven. We have to believe. We have to prioritize, persevere, and then praise God. Many of you heard my testimony when I had the asthma. The brother that shared the word and prayed for me, he said, thank him before you feel any relief, anything at all. I was congested. I needed medication. It seemed totally uh, illogical for him to even suggest that. But this is what I feel. We know this, but we have to actually take it and say, Lord, as the trial gets more intense, I'm going to push against it, thanking you for the reversal of it and the freedom from it. I'm going to praise you, Lord, actively. Joseph held fast. Abraham held fast. Paul held fast. They thanked God. Now you think about all these things. Think about the general understanding of trial, promise, inheritance among the Christian community. The moment a person hears a promise, there's an excitement. And there's a blind kind of 
pursuit, thinking that it's going to happen by itself. God says, between the pronouncement of the promise and the perfection or fulfillment of it, I'm going to test you to prove your faith. That's the proof of the passage that leads us to the fulfillment. Now, how many promises would people have forfeited not knowing this? Just thinking, I heard this preaching, this word was given to me, I had this dream, and I guess it's going to happen. I'm just going to keep on keeping on doing what I do. Never automatic. We have to be proactive. God says to trust Him. He says not to give in to the pressure from the devil to make us abort, forfeit the inheritance from God. Actively go after what God told you will do for you. Have it in front of you day in and day out. Pray the promise of God while you obey the commandments of God. Pray the promises while you submit to the moral directives of God. What he said to do, what he said not to do. Make sure, just like Joseph, you stick to his commandments to the T, as they say. Exactly what he said. I'm going to do it that way. Nothing more, nothing less. That will put us on the pathway to stretching the faith, gaining that promise, and then getting ready for another bigger promise. There's a, there's a growth in that intimacy, as I said, where every promise fulfilled should make me a little bit more like Jesus. How? By me exercising that faith. Trusting God even more. So faith is like a muscle. The more it's exercised, the more it gets stronger and grows. It needs resistance. You have to have a trial in order for the faith to grow. And you have to meet it the way God said to meet it. Four things to avoid. Pain, pride, pleasure, procrastination. Three things to do. Prioritize His promise. Persevere until it's realized. Praise Him during that process, that passage. That's a powerful weapon and it draws God's presence right into the trial. When you praise Him in the midst of the trial, it draws, because He said, I inhabit the praises of my people. It actually brings His presence down instead of saying, I have to keep on keeping on, persevere, but never really praise Him in advance and thank Him. There's no faith displayed, really. You have to persevere and praise when things are opposite. That shows God, you really trust me. Simple example is a father to the child. The father says, I'm going to take you today to get ice cream. The child doesn't go into the father's wallet. He doesn't call up the store. He doesn't think all these things. He just knows, Daddy said, we're going. I know we're going. Transfer that to your adult Christian experience. 
The father said, I will overcome every snare temptation in my life by his grace. By me holding on to what word? I'll be an overcomer. I'm going to inherit everything God has for me. I have the strength and power from the Holy Spirit to defeat the devil every single time. I have to believe that. If I don't believe it, I've already lost the battle. I have to believe God is making me a perfect specimen of a faithful soldier of Christ for all eternity. Me, you. Esteem God's word, esteem His promise above your present experience. Your human experience, your human weakness. That's how they overcame. They believed and they overcame. They believed, persevered, they inherited. May God help us to reestablish, reinforce these things so that we will be fortified and go further and stronger in getting what God has promised to our individual lives. For the church, God has given prophecies, promises. But also for individuals in the church. There's a preparation. Faith is being stretched. The trial is getting harder. More faith being stretched. Or being stretched more. And you know what? More intimacy. The very thing that we really, really desire in our hearts. I want to know Him better. I want to know Jesus better. I want to know the power of His resurrection better. This is how He does it. Hold fast to the Word of God. God wants to give gifts. If the Son of God led captivity captive as He ascended, and then distributed gifts to people, God wants to do that with you in your life. To get the promise, believe, do what He said, Receive the blessing and then be able to be a blessing to multitudes. Distribute the gifts. God means to lift you up, to inherit your birthright. We have to know how to do it. This is how it's done. Hebrews chapter 6 and verses 11 and 12, it says this, And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end. So that you may not be sluggish, procrastinate, give in to laziness, go after temporal pleasure. So that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Paul, the apostles, Jesus, everyone had to go through this dark period where it seemed like there's no hope in sight. They called upon the Lord in distress. He heard their cry and delivered them. You know why they called? They trusted that He will hear. 
and he will deliver. They believed. We are to imitate who? Those who are not sluggish, but active. Not simply words, but showing the words in action. How? In my day, continually think, speak, sing what God promised me. It's my birthright. I'm not giving it up. If He told you you're going to preach to the multitudes, prepare yourself to do that. How? Going to school? Not necessarily. By being obedient to His moral directives where you are right now. Otherwise you won't be prepared. Do what He says where you are now. Holding on to the Word. Keep it in front of you. And then disregard pain. Disregard pleasure through the power of God. Disregard the temptation to be proud and manipulate. Getting restless. It won't work in the kingdom of God. Disregard the temptation to be sluggish and slack off. Get rid of these four. Embrace those three. Prioritize. Persevere. Praise Him. And you'll inherit the promise of God. It's a short message, but very practical, very critical for us to lay hold of. Look at Psalm 105, Hebrews 6. Think of what our forefathers in faith went through. It's far more than any kind of national pride in the forefathers of a country or in your ancestral genealogy. This is what grandpa did or, you know, the property, the job, the prestige, all of that is vanishing. But when I look at my spiritual inheritance, my spiritual forefathers, God says imitate them because they overcame the inherited. You can do the same thing. Glory be to God. Shall we rise?